0: Take hey.
1: Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996 live on WNURFM, Evanston, Illinois. The holidays are over, which means things are about as normal as they ever get on The Complacence. The action has flashed forward a few months, with the Complacents gaining a modicum of popularity and out on tour with Riot Girl Band Lunchbox, while their manager Adrian Creamsicle is in the late stages of his pregnancy. Yes, I said his. Meanwhile, there's more time-jumping going on in this week's installment of the Major League Super Crime Busters. The next voice you hear is coming to you from January 6, 1996.
2: And for those of you waiting for WNUR's hit comedy show, The Complacents, Well, you have a little longer to wait than usual. We are on at the same time slot as we were in the fall, 2 a.m. Saturday morning. However, this week the complacence will be heard half an hour later due to changes in the world's weather patterns. But until then, enjoy some music selected especially for you by me, Mr. Announcer. That's right! (laughs) This is Mr. Announcer reminding you that the sketch comedy show, The Complacence, which normally airs in this time slot, will be airing in this time slot. However, it will begin a half an hour late due to changes in the world's food supply. Until then, enjoy this music prepared by me right here on WNUR Freeform, where we say 89.3 is the place to be. Of America's favorite sketch comedy programs, The Complacence, is coming up very soon on WNUR. It is airing a half hour late this week, due to changes of some sort or another. I'm not exactly sure. But the complacence are coming up soon on WNUR Freeform, where we're always twisting the night away. I said do you feel
3: like you want to twist a little line?
2: When last we saw the Complacents, they were celebrating the holidays, having just been told by Flaming Highway Records president Agnew Duros that their music was going to be played on a very significant radio station in Canada. And now we flash forward to several months later, when that Canadian radio station began playing the Complacents, nearby stations sensed a competitive imbalance and began playing the Complacents themselves. The band's music spread like wildfire in Toilet Paper Factory as station after Canadian station picked up their music and began putting it into the regular rotation. Soon, American stations began joining the movement and broadcasting complacent music over the air. Modern rock, adult contemporary, 24-hour news, the complacent's unique musical style was suited for every genre of radio play. But it wasn't until Fig, Gunner, Johnny, and Fred learned that they were being played heavily on college radio stations that they knew they were about to hit the big time. In short, the Complacents have emerged from their period of struggle as underpaid dining music and now experience a different kind of struggle. We now join the Complacents right before they play the closing gig of their very first tour. Meanwhile, Adrian Creamsicle, male-headed, female-bodied mother-to-be and manager extraordinaire, relaxes in the audience proud of the success of the band he put together from scratch.
0: Now where in sweet, sweaty hell are those guys? They were supposed to stop playing 40 minutes ago! If only I went too pregnant to assist them backstage. The audience is starting to get restless. Lunchbox! 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 Hey Anziba! Hey kid, stop moshing into me! Can't you see I'm with child? What's the matter, man? Aren't you excited to see lunchbox? I'm about as excited to see them as I am to see you, punk. I told you stop moshing! There's not even any music playing! Lunchbox! Woo! I'm crying out loud! Don't body surf! Ow! You just kick me in the head, you drunken dork. Where on earth did you, where did those guys go? Uh,
4: Johnny? What? Oh, it's you, Fig. Get out of here. I'm busy. But, Johnny. I said scram. Can't you see I'm trying to make time with a bass player for Lunchbox? Now, what were you trying to say to me, Ginger Honey?
5: What I was trying to tell you was that our band is going to start playing in about 20 minutes. You guys have 10 minutes left to play.
4: Oh, my dear, when you say such words to me with that twinkle in your eye, my heart gets all fuzzy and melty inside. What do you say you and me get together in my hotel room for one last performance? Uh, Speaking of which... You again? Damn it, Fig. If you're looking for advice about women, you've come at a very bad time. Johnny, you guys are supposed to be on. On what? On stage. Holy hog fat in heaven. We need to get our asses out there before we miss our chance to play. Why didn't you tell me, Fig? Well, I... To hell with that. Where's Fred and Gunner? well fred is in the bathroom uh it seems he mistakenly drank a glass of metamucil and to hell with fred where's gunner oh i don't know i looked all over but i couldn't find him so i decided to search for you instead i figured you'd be here in the ladies dressing room so i sent blindy out to look for gunner blindy who's blindy you know our new roadie oh that guy but i
5: haven't seen him for a while either You know, if you're looking for Gunner, I think I saw him up on the roof earlier. Thanks for the tip, Ginger baby. Catch
4: you later. Come on, Valley boy. Let's go get Gunner and play.
2: Seconds later, on the roof. There
4: he is. That doesn't look like a very comfortable sitting position. Gunner! Hey, Gunner!
3: Huh? What? Oh, wow. I was meditating in preparation for tonight's performance, but I guess I fell asleep. Well, get up, man. We're on stage right now.
4: What do you mean? We're all up here. Yeah, I don't understand either. Come on, guys. It's time for us to play. Let's go. Didn't Blindy find you, Gunner?
3: Blindy?
2: Who's Blindy? Seconds later, out in the audience... Gee whiz! They only have about five minutes left to play! Man, success is going to those guys' heads! Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Jack's is proud to present Lunchbox! Yeah! <laughs> first, But first, an up-and-coming band from Canada, The Complacents.
4: Aww. Hello, patrons of Captain Jack's. Thank you for having been such a wonderful audience. Since Gunner's still a little groggy from meditating, we're going to close tonight with a song I wrote back on the farm. Ready, guys? One, a two, a one, two, three, four. Kiss it, kiss, kiss it, kiss hey, it, kiss it, kiss me on the lips. Kiss it, kiss it, kiss it, hey it, kiss it, you taste like potato chips. Sweetie, don't be greedy. Stay with me tonight, sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. I won't be city All of you are right. One finer than you, I never have known. Every night I'm hurt, every night I'm alone. Lunchbox will be out in just a couple minutes. Good show, fellas.
0: What the hell are you talking about, Johnny? We only played one song. Boys, boys, boys. What on earth in the 1800 block of hell were you guys doing up wherever on the dark side of the moon you were
3: just now? Careful, Creamy or you have a miscarriage. That would
0: make my life just about perfect, thank you very much. Let's go back to the hotel. But I was going to get busy with Ginger, the bass player, after the show. Well, tough. I want to get back to the hotel, and you guys are going to take me there and enjoy it in the process while you're doing it. No one is being sensitive to my needs here. And where the hell are Fred and Blindy? Uh,
2: I'm sorry, did I miss something?
0: Fred, you're the only one that didn't.
2: Oh, uh, well, I just saw Blindy wandering around in the intersection.
0: Zoinks! we got to get him out of there. No, wait. You guys have to get him out of there. I'm going to wait in the van.
2: And so, drunken with their own success, the Complacents head back to their hotel room for some well-deserved relaxation. Two days later, the Complacents are back in their studio, hard at work on their brand-new album. No, no, no!
0: That was all wrong! This album is all wrong! The idea of putting you guys together was all wrong! The water in my breasts and ankles is all wrong! Take five, guys. Five years! Oh, God! I... Oh, come
3: on, Creamy. We didn't mean to screw up. Screw? That's how I got like this. It's all a male ploy. You better leave him alone, Gunner. He looks like he could kick some serious ass. He could kick some serious ass if he had some strength to move. Creamsicle, you need to take a breather. Stop working so hard. It can't be healthy for the baby. My mom worked really hard when she was pregnant with me. Nuff said. Fine, fine.
0: You convinced me. I'll go in my office and lie down for a while. But just a little while. You guys can take the rest of the day off as something. Well, you know, Mr. Creamsicle,
4: between the three of us, we're probably able to record an album by ourselves.
0: So, you don't need me, huh? You can get by without old Creamy, the pregnant freak, huh? It figures. Well, out the window I go. Now, stop that, Mr.
4: Creamsicle. Now, we're our, we're going to take you back to your office and then...
2: Take the rest of the day off because we can't record without you.
0: Really? That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me?
2: And so Gunner, Johnny, and Fig escort Adrian back to his office and take the rest of the day off. Meanwhile, Fred and Blindy sit in the entertainment room watching a high-quality local news program.
3: Why, Why do you watch the news, Fred? It all seems so depressing.
2: It may be depressing, but it's information that keeps me aware of what all is going on in the world.
3: So, what's going
2: on in the world? Uh, apparently there was some sort of dog show in which first place went to a French poodle, and then this woman was arrested for setting her husband's toupee on fire, and now they're talking about some guy who tried to tie himself and his next-door neighbor to the top of a telephone pole, so they could look over a really high wall at the Miss Half-Bikini USA contest, of which they are showing censored footage. So, what's the president up to? President what? Meanwhile, in Adrian Creamsicle's office...
5: Mr. Creamsicle, I'm sorry to wake you up, Mr. Creamsicle, but Mr. Agnew Arduros is here to see you.
2: Uh,
0: thanks, Alanis. Show him in. I'm already in here, Creamsicle. I'm staring you right in the face. Yaha! You scared the living babies out of me. Oh, I wish. I think I can feel the baby kicking. No, that's me kicking. Stop touching me. I've had enough to hear with people touching me. So nobody's touched you here? Ah, cut it out. I've all babied up there. Why is everyone picking on me? Oh, calm down, Creamsicle. I didn't come today to pick on you.
5: Mr. Creamsicle, could I have the rest of the day off?
0: I don't care what you do in your spare time, but if you keep it up that long,
5: call me. I mean, can I go for the rest of the day?
0: What I just said, Alanis. Now get out of here. She's a fine girl, your secretary. Oh, so she's fine, is she? I notice that you're not saying I'm fine. Of course, she's not fat, bloated filled with water, and hauling around an oversized fetus in her gut. I didn't come here to put up with your estrogen-engorged crap, Creamsicle. I came to congratulate you on your band's recent tour. Tour schmoor. Those guys are so left so late for the last show that they only had time to play one song. So
2: what?
4: Think about it, Creamsicle. They still earn the same amount of money no matter how many songs they play. Just think of all the creative energy and wear and tear on the instruments they just saved by playing only one song it's genius i don't know why nobody has ever thought of it before one song concerts the next big thing but then audience won't buy your albums audiences will buy anything nowadays your songs are played enough on college radio to maintain a national following despite how lousy you think your live shows go in fact i learned just this morning that your song dissolve just made it onto the billboard top 10 college singles chart but that song doesn't sound like any of the rest of them audiences don't know that creamsicle And I can prove it in sales figures. The Complacence is now the second-highest-selling record that Flaming Highway Records is putting out. Second-highest? What's the highest? Well, that's not really important right now.
0: What is it, man?
4: Sally Strummers and Travis Trinkett.
0: A country album is selling better than us? Even worse, a bad country album.
4: The American public is a fickle thing, Creamsicle. Sometimes they don't like what we in the music business tell them to. Well, what about the Canadian public? Oh, Creamsicle, you know you're the hottest thing from Canada since Michael J. Fox.
0: Yeah, I know. Everybody thinks we're Canadian. Americans don't buy albums made by Canadian bands. They bought crash-test dummies. Now, they definitely won't buy any. Well, I didn't come here to argue with you. So long, Creamsicle. And, uh, good luck with your, uh, surgery. I ain't having my prostate removed, Durose. I don't even have a prostate. I'm having a baby! More painful an experience than you can ever imagine! Surgery! Ha! I spit on your best witches! <laughs>
2: Touchy! See you later, creamsicle! And so Agnu Duros goes about his merry way and leaves Adrian to return to his nap. And meanwhile, last episode on The Curtain, Dr. Nightmare, Captain Patriot, Sir Lancelot, and Lady Guinevere found themselves at the birth of our savior. Meanwhile, Curtis Hambones and Debbie Duncan, a.k.a. The Curtain at his sidekick Mini Blinds, defeated the nefarious Bizarro Santa Claus. With Christmas saved and New Year's over with, Curtis and Debbie set about cleaning their Manhattan apartment.
5: Curtis, don't you think it's about time we took down these Christmas decorations?
4: Debbie, we go through this every year. These Christmas lights, they're not just Christmas lights. There's no reason why these same lights can't be St. Valentine's Day lights, or St. Patrick's Day lights, or St. Martin Luther King's Day lights.
5: I know, Curtis. Or
4: St. Columbus's Day lights.
5: All right, Curtis. Okay, we can keep the lights up all year again. But I'm sorry, you'll have to take down the nativity scene.
4: Well, all right, although it has been an awful lot of fun ever since I made it part of my Lionel train set.
5: Well, I just hate to imagine what our Lord might think if the train were ever to run over the baby Jesus.
4: Oh, Debbie, don't worry. Man-at-arms always unties him from the tracks just in time.
5: At any rate, please pack up the nativity scene in that box, and when you're finished, pick up the rest of your toys. I'll be in the bathroom bobbing submarines.
4: Boy, she's one to talk. At least I keep my bath toys in the tub. All right, Joseph in the box. Hey, he pulls off a spectacular quadruple turnbuckle. And what a finish. Scores of 10 from all judges. Hee And next is Mary. Oops, she fell off the edge of the box. Oh, that'll cost her. Uh, next up is Captain Patriot. Captain Patriot? When did they start making a Catri- Captain Patriot action figure? It must have been a Christmas present that got lost among the nativity scene. Hey, here's a Dr. Nightmare. And it looks like Sir Lancelot and Lady Guinevere. Well, what kind of characters are they to stimulate a child's imagination? Bing, bong. I'll get it. <coughs>
2: oh, announcer man. It's Curtis Hambone, secret identity of superhero extraordinaire, The Curtain. Shh, not in the hallway. My crotchety and suspicious landlady, Mrs. Hugglebum,
4: will hear you. Come inside. <coughs> so, what brings you here, announcer man?
2: This letter came for you at the Major League Super Crime Busters headquarters.
4: Oh, for me? Let's see what... Hey, it's not a letter. It's a Christmas
2: card. Who's it from?
4: It's from Captain Patriot.
2: Captain Patriot's been missing for weeks. He hasn't showed up at the Major League Super Crime Busters headquarters ever since we defeated the Evil Brotherhood of Fiends and Latter-day Anti-Heroes.
4: And he hasn't been too prompt with his mail, either. This Christmas card's three weeks late.
2: Check the postmark on the envelope.
4: Well, okay. We got it right here.
2: Hmm. What's wrong?
4: Well, this postmark... It's postmarked from Jerusalem, December 25th, 0 A.D.
2: So there really was a 0 A.D. And the new century does start in the year 2000. Wow, I have to start apologizing to all those people I've been correcting incorrectly.
4: Hold it. The card has an inscription. It reads, Hope you're having a Merry Christmas. Right now, Captain Patriot is at home, where it's always sunny and warm.
2: He's retired now, dropped out of the superhero rat race, and he's loving it. Sounds like he's in Arizona during the Summer of Love. What? Where'd you get that? Well, he's retired. Announcer
4: man, retired people go to Florida. Nothing exciting or interesting happens in Arizona.
2: Meanwhile, in Arizona, during the Summer of Love...
0: Where am I? Am I home? I.
3: Not unless your home is in the middle of a desert, Captain Patriot. Dr. Nightmare? You are here? Of course. You and me and Lancelot and Guinevere are stranded in time, and it appears your last feeble attempt to get us back to the present has failed. I don't
0: understand it. I clearly wrote in the card what an ounce a man should read to get me, uh, uh,
3: us home. I wonder if I addressed it incorrectly. Bah, it's all hooey now. Who knows where we've ended up thanks to your bungling.
5: Sir Lancelot, what manner of place is this? All traces of foliage seem to have vanished without a trace. No manner of planet or animal... Takes root or spite in these endless seas of sand.
4: My dear Lady Guinevere, I can only fear the worst.
5: What, Lancelot?
3: I fear we've crossed over into the tales of the Arabian Nights. Stop your schoolboy dreaming, Knighty. The hard facts are we're stranded, and we'd better start hightailing towards civilization before we all become sizzling all beef patties. Ah, now that would hit the spot.
2: Half an hour and 800 sandy footprints later...
3: Or we could have leapt back before time began, when thundering lizards ruled the Earth. We could be millions of years in the future, when the Earth is ruled by super-evolved grains of sand.
5: I don't mean to interrupt, Dr. Nightmare, but I believe I see a glint of light ahead.
3: At last, a possible sign of life. Perhaps I won't be forced to conquer grains of sand after all.
0: Whatever it is, it ought to be just on the other side of this dune. I
5: don't believe it! Highly unlikely on my wildest imaginings. Horror of horrors.
0: No, Lancelot. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's the Apollo moon landing.
3: We're not on the moon. I... I realize that nightmare. Oh, wait a minute. The Eagle moon lander is here. The astronauts are here in their suits. There's television cameras. Don't say it, nightmare. Hey, boy, where are we and what's the year?
5: We're in Arizona and it's July 1969.
3: Just as I thought. They're filming the moon landing. The whole thing was a hoax.
0: None of it, Dr. Nightmare. I refuse to believe that this great nation of ours would fund a
3: space program which would deceive this great nation of ours with such a vile chicanery. See for yourself, Captain Patriot. This is no mirage. Even Nighty here can see. Hey, where did that infernal, futile fool go off to? Sir Lancelot, what are you doing? Didn't you hear them, Guinevere? What we look upon
4: are some sort of moon men. Apparently come hither to our world to enslave us. Well, by Gawain, I will not let them accomplish their task.
5: But, Lancelot, I understand your intentions are noble, but it is not ignoble to steal this horse in order to battle the moon men?
4: Uh, that's no horse, ma'am. That's a donkey. (laughs)
5: Lancelot, a guard!
4: Oh, heck, don't mind me. Them NASA fellers just asked me to haul this stuff out here. I've just been sitting around in the meantime, so if you want to borrow this donkey, be my guest. I thank you, and my king thanks you, good sir. Stay here, out of harm's way, Guinevere. But Lancelot, what are you going to do? I will charge their fortress, or great metal beast, whatever that is. That thing that looks like a big, awkward windmill. Away, steed! Giddy-up! Hey, this donkey won't move. Oh, she's just a little shy. You gotta call her by her name. And by what name doth this beast go? Her name's Cody. All right, Donkey Cody, charge! Yeah, yeah. Oh, say, lady! That's Lady Guinevere. Well, anyway, uh, looks like the sun's taking its toll on that fair skin of yours. Why don't you put on this poncho? But- It's all full of sand. Oh, that's all right. You just wiggle around in it for a while, and that'll get all the poncho sands out. Um, hey, Buzz, um, how about one small step for man, one giant leap for a woman?
0: Hmm. Nope.
4: Okay, um, one small step for me, one giant step for everyone else. Because they'd have to step all the way from Earth to the moon. No,
0: something more poetic. Hey, what? What's he doing here? For England and Earth. I can't believe it. The very country which I
3: gave my very life for. They've perpetrated a fraud for nearly three decades. Believe it, Patriot. And when I get back to the present, I'll use this information to blackmail that same government for a tidy fortune. Hey, get your ass out of there. Who was that? Some fat guy with a beret and a megaphone is yelling at Sir Lancelot. Get out of here, you. You're ruining the rehearsal. Rehearsal? Hey, boy, what's the exact date?
5: July 13th, 1969.
3: Oh, hallelujah! What are you so happy about, Patriot? The Apollo moon landing was on the July 20th. It's not for another week. Then that means they're just rehearsing
0: for the television cameras? Yes! I knew my government could tell no lie.
2: And neither can your announcer. And I'm certainly not lying when I tell you there will be another exciting episode of The Curtain next week and it will further attempt to explain and resolve what happened in this week's episode of The Curtain right here on 89.3 WNURFM Evanston, Chicago's Sound Experiment. And meanwhile, in the lives of the complacents... It's a couple hours later. Fig, Gunner, Johnny, Fred, Blindy, and Alanis are all outside of Quonset Hut Pizza trying to get inside.
4: Hey, why are these doors locked? Perhaps right now this pizza place is not in its period of active
3: operation? No, we're well
2: between its opening time and its closing time. Well, I'm hungry. Can we go someplace else?
5: I want pizza! Come on, let us in! Hey, look, look,
3: over that way! There's nothing over that way, Blindy. But look, there's the General. He's got his sawed sort off shotgun.
4: Get out
0: of here, you musician freaks. I don't know why I ever took you out of my wing in the first place. I gave birth to you, and you leave me here to die.
4: But, General, we just want to get something to eat. The restaurant's closed. Piss off.
3: But what about all these cars in the parking lot? They're all mine. Now beat it.
5: Gee, I wonder what happened to the General and Quonset Hut Pizza.
2: I guess that's a mystery for another time. Because I'm hungry. Let's go somewhere else.
3: I know a good chicken restaurant in town. Can you point it out to us, Blandy? Um, wait, I know the restaurant he's talking about. It's where Creamsicle used to work. I'll guide us there.
2: And so the complacents jump into their van and squeal away before the general can pump shots into their kneecaps, and soon they arrive at the chicken restaurant. Hello, and welcome to Chicken and Things. May I take your order, please? Uh, yeah. We'd like,
4: uh, six buckets... Of chicken and, uh, what? Make that seven buckets of chicken with three pails of things on the side. And mashed taters. And some cold slaw.
5: And pizza!
3: Oh, and a poultry pizza. Poultry pizza? Where have I heard that before? That'll be $47. Uh, will you take
4: a personal check? Nope. Anyone got any cash on them?
2: Uh, that's okay. I'll pay
4: wow fred where did you get that wad
2: why at the tobacco store
4: the
5: food's here everyone let's eat
3: hey this chicken has hair all over it fig you're so stupid chickens don't have hair they have feathers do do they have ears i I think i bit into an ear hey this ain't chicken we're eating what is it it's oh my god it's kangaroo that's it i'm taking this up to complain excuse me but you gave us they taste the same chicken and kangaroo my ass they taste the same i wouldn't know i've never tasted your ass before well you're gonna if you don't let us talk to the manager right now fine fine sheesh
0: fanny there are a couple people here complaining about the kangaroo hey
5: look for the last time the usa is out of chickens we imported some kangaroo from australia Hence, the barely noticeable rise in price. Look, I'm relatively new in this position, and I would really like it a lot if you customers would stop giving me all your crap. I haven't really been myself lately. What are you all staring at?
3: Well, we couldn't help but notice, ma'am, that you appear to be a woman's head on a man's body.
5: Yeah, well, what's it to you?
4: Well, it so happens that we know a guy who is a man's head on a woman's body. You do? What's his name? Why... It's Adrian Creamsicle.
5: Adrian Creamsicle? He has my body.
3: Your body? Yes, he must...
2: And so, Fanny's tearful story begins.
3: You see,
5: Adrian used to work here, back when we were... normal. One day, the pressures of work in here got the best of us, and we sort of... well...
2: Yeah?
1: You know,
5: well... We had an affair in the drive-thru window. A couple of months later, I found out that I was pregnant. He figured around, and I tried to tell him, so I, I figured maybe he was hanging out at Quandt Hut Pizza. But when I went in there from work, this crazy chef lunged at me and chopped off my head, chanting, BOLTRY PIZZA, ALL THE TIME! Of course, Pimples the busboy rushed me to the hospital before I could get blood and involuntary fecal matter all over the place. The next thing I knew, I had a man's body, and I wasn't pregnant anymore. The same thing in reverse happened to Adrian.
4: Pretty much. Except he did get the blood and involuntary fecal matter all over the place.
5: Anyway, when I came back to work, and they saw I was a man, they immediately promoted me to manager. And I doubled the restaurant's business by introducing poultry pizza. So it sounds like you're much better off. Well, yes. I make six times as much money now, and I didn't really want to go through the pain of having that baby anyway. But I did want to keep it, though, and I miss being a girl. I've got Adrian on the phone, and I've told him everything. He wants Fanny to meet him at the hospital in two hours so they can switch their heads back.
4: But he hasn't had the baby yet.
5: He doesn't care. He wants us to come pick him up. Tell him I'll be there.
2: And so the complacents race back to their studio to take Adrian Creamsicle to the hospital to get his body changed back.
4: You know, Mr. Creamsicle, I thought your
0: OBGYN told you that you couldn't switch your head back until after you gave birth. Well, my new OBGYNs said that Mr. that Mr. Duros referred me to probably will not have such
3: qualms. Money is no object. Well, okay then. Get ready to go. We'll be waiting in the entertainment room.
2: I think Wheel of Fortune is on.
3: Uh oh. Uh,
0: guys? Guys? Oh, I think I'm going into labor! Get the car to
3: the hospital.
0: I'm to that delivery room. Birth and babies is woman's work.
4: Here we are at the hospital. recommends. I'm glad to see the patient has so many friends. You folks can all help out if you'll just gather around. Come over to the table and help me tie him down.
0: I think the baby's coming. Take it easy, Adrian. It's me, your old pal friend. I want my old
3: Never would have thought his face could turn that red. Shut up, pig! I think that I can see the baby's head. Now push, push, push,
4: push, 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 push,
0: push, 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 push. It's a beautiful baby!
5: It certainly is!
4: Are you sisters done on that baby yet? Would you like to cut the umbilical cord, Mr. Angelo? Mr. Angelo?
2: <laughs> and so, Adrian Creamsicle has given birth to a bouncing baby. This winter, you can stay at home playing Parcheesi with your
3: parents. Come on down to Rock and Bowl. We've got sixteen lanes open all night, every night. Balls, pins, and a whole lot of shoes. Rock and Bowl, it's the ballsiest place around.
2: And after Adrian Creamsicle's brief moment of excruciating pain, he has blacked out, and hours later he awakens in a recovery room. What the? Who the...
4: Where am I? Hey, everybody. Mr. Creamsicle's awake. I'm your doctor,
0: Mr. Creamsicle. How do you feel? Uh, fine, I guess.
4: It I...
5: was a beautiful baby, Adrian.
0: Oh, yeah, the baby. Where is my baby? I need to cradle it in my
3: arms. I need it to suckle for my teat. Uh, Mr. Creamsicle...
0: Where the hell are my teats? What's going on?
3: They reattach your head to your body, Creamy. So where's my baby? The baby is resting comfortably in the arms of its mother.
0: i'm sorry
2: mr creamsicle we reattached your head
0: i'm its father too where is it i'm gonna have that baby if it's the last thing i ever sue for
2: one bizarre plot twist comes to an end only to be replaced by another will adrian get custody of the child and whatever did happen to the general and quantitat pizza find out in 166 exciting hours and five exciting minutes on the complacence next week
1: Back now in the present, here's what's coming up on the next episode. Fig somehow winds up on the jury at Adrian Creamsicle's custody trial. As always, what could possibly go wrong? Until next time, this has been the Complacence Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.